Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Curzon Cinemas podcast. I'm Sam Howlett and this week I'm joined by Daniela Verectonidi. Hello Danny, how are you? Hello Sam, yeah I'm good, how are you? Very well, thank you. Uh, It's just us two today and this week we're going to be talking about Pablo Trapero's true crime Argentinian thriller The Clan, or El Clan as it's known in its native Spanish. Uh, So this film did the festival circuit last year but it's finally getting its UK release date this Friday. And the film is about the uh, real real story about the notorious Puccio family who, in Argentina in the mid-1980s, uh, just after the Falklands War, they went on a, a kind of a crime spree and uh, kidnapped and held uh, several people for ransom. Um, so, yeah, lots to talk about. Very interesting film. Uh, I, I think this story is more famous in Argentina because I'd never heard of it before. i never heard of it before. It's... Yeah, something that took me by surprise about the fact that all this stuff was true. Um, yeah, so I've, I'm sure a lot of people in England will have not heard of it before. So, yeah, it's uh, kind of like what we were talking ages ago when we did our Trumbo episode. We talked about how it's nice when a real, a true life story film comes where you don't know anything that's going to happen. Yeah. So uh, we will try and avoid spoilers actually for this one, um, just because with these kind of true crime films, it's nice to have things revealed to you as you go along. Yeah. Um, but before we get into that, I have a question for you. Uh, awesome. So, their leader of the family and ultimately the leader of this the clan, this crime ring, is uh, a man called Archimedes, played by Guillermo Franchella, and uh, he's uh, got me thinking about who is the worst movie dad. I'm going to limit it to a character who is capable of being a father, like realistically. Okay. So someone like <laughs> Hannibal Lecter isn't really going to have children. I think so. I think never say never. Never say never. But <laughs> who, so, who'd be your worst movie dad? Um, I think I would go for El Dudorino from Big Lebowski. The dude. The dude. Jeffrey Lebowski. Yes. Why have you gone for him? Because uh, he's not uh, the greatest example of uh, an m- adult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and although he is. He's becoming a father towards the end of it. Yeah. He's not going to be involved with the baby at all. Yeah. And that was a wise decision. <laughs> <laughs> I think I agree with you there. He's t- way too laid back to be yeah. a dad. Yeah. Just sit around smoking weed and bowling all day. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe wouldn't have a chance. Uh, I'd go for uh, Fletcher in Whiplash, played by J.K. Simmons. Great choice. I mean, the kid would be an amazing musician, hmm. but my God, <laughs> it would be just mentally scarred yeah just a lot of issues a lot of issues very antisocial yeah he he kind of is a father figure to Miles Teller in Whiplash in a way yeah and it's a weird it, I wish we did a, could do a podcast on Whiplash actually because there's quite an interesting thing about how he does become an amazing musician despite mm-hmm. the fact that he's really severely bullied by Fletcher his father figure 
Um, but anyway, yeah, I think Fletcher would make a terrible real-life dad. Yeah, I wouldn't want him as my dad. God, no, imagine if you like, <laughs> got an F or something. <laughs> I'm screwed. Throw a cherry ahead. Um, right, so The Clan, directed by Pablo Trapero. There's something really Scorsese about the film, and yeah. I think a lot of people pick up on that. Yeah, I noticed that too. So things like there's loads of these sort of effortless tracking shots where you don't even realise you're w looking at a tracking shot. Mm -hmm. They just kind of, it just happens. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly it kicks in like, oh, there hasn't been a cut for ages. Yeah, And true. it really just, it's really immersive the way Scorsese does it. Um, and you talked to me earlier about the music in the film. Yeah, it's quite a beat, happy, mm. kind of not what you would expect for a story this dark, um, which Scorsese just does quite yeah. often. Um, I I like that, but I also was a bit skeptical about the music. Okay. Um, I thought it did bring it, it made it a bit upbeat, but because I, at the back of my mind I was kept thinking that oh it's a real story, it's a real story. Mm. I kind of want to take it seriously, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that took me a bit back, but I think that's a personal thing. Okay. I don't know. What did you think? I yeah, I think in general I really liked the music. I think it is done too many times maybe because hmm. this. It's the thing where what's happening on screen doesn't match the music. Yeah. Which it is doing on purpose, I think. And it's so it, like it will be a sort of jukebox pop song playing while someone's being beaten up or murdered or mm -hmm. a re something really intense is happening on screen. And that often works very well because it makes you more aware of how abnormal yeah. the thing how happening is. It is. Yeah. How. It, yeah, it just emphasises how it doesn't fit in normal reality in normal society. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, but this is also the point of the film that these horrible crimes took place within a fairly normal home. Yeah. Um, so that, I really liked that use there. And there's also another Scorsese thing, not just, well, obviously you've got this, the narrative where it's this kind of rags, not rags to riches, but that kind of rising up, becoming criminal yeah. a gangster mm -hmm. but ultimately without spoiling it read you know history crime doesn't pay mm -hmm. it's got that narrative to it which yeah. <coughs> most Scorsese films do as well like Goodfellas Goodfellas is the big one I think yeah. for this film um, yeah you've also got this thing of explosive violence that the violence there's not really a build up it just kind of explodes at you it just, mm -hmm. it just happens yeah and you're just kind of in shock yeah, definitely. Um, there was one scene um, when they were, they had one of the hostages and then um, the young boy, um, Alex, mm -hmm. he just met a girl and there was that um, sex scene yes. that was juxtaposed with the other yeah. scene of them with a hostage, which was quite like terrifying as yeah. well. And it showed the difference and it was quite nice. That was a really, yeah. I think that's a good point actually, because this film's kind of a tale of two men. Mm -hmm. So you have, obviously it is about this family, but you've got Archimedes and then his son Alejandro, yeah. also called Alex, I think yeah. as well. Um, yeah, so that scene perfectly sort of sums up how the film's juxtaposing the, the two men's the lives. The evil kind yeah. of. Yeah. Um, but yeah, how they ultimately kind of had the same fate in the end mm -hmm. as well, which I thought was uh, really interesting. I've got one more quick point about the explosive violence and... Nicholas Wiening Reffen, who directed Drive, mm. he was on uh, BBC Breakfast a few years ago okay. and uh, presenter uh, Bill, Bill Turnbull, was asking him about the violence in the film <coughs> and Nicholas Wiening Reffen said, 
Well, he said he descri- used a word that you shouldn't use on BBC Breakfast, but he said it was like sex. Hmm. He used another word to say sex, but I can't. I won't do that here. Okay. <laughs> uh, but he said, yeah, um, violence in films is like sex. It's like an explosive sort of um, build-up of raw emotion and feeling. Mm-hmm. And I think that's and that's how he's used violence in his films. Anyone who's seen Drive will understand that the violence is just it attacks the audience, it, mm-hmm. but it's not used too often. And I think that's done the same here. Yeah, it's, it's not overkill. So let's talk about the characters in the film now. So he mentioned there Archimedes and Alejandro. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think of Archimedes? This is the sort of gangland head of the family, Guillermo Franchella. Um, it's really weird because I think your opinion kind of changes throughout the film. Like mm. at first, I don't think like that he's a bad person necessarily because you never because obviously you discover later on what happens, but. Yeah. I was like, oh, maybe the circumstances brought him to this, um, or, you know, maybe he had to do it. But towards the end, you figure out that he just wanted to do it. He just liked doing it. Um, So I kind of changed. And then by the end of it, I'm like, I've never met such a horrible person Mm. in my life. (laughs) I think he's one of my uh, sort of characters of the year, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Because he, yeah, you're right. Your opinion of him constantly changes Mm -hmm. and the way he's performed and shown in mm-hmm. the film constantly changes like so at first you th- he's sort of just this patriarch head of the family um you you see him with his wife and kids he's quite stern yeah quite strict then he becomes excuse me this kind of gangster boss in a mm-hmm. way this head of the, the clan this crime ring that becomes something different and he's terrifying mm-hmm. at times as well there's also there's I remember there's this one specific shot where he's wearing his like matching pajamas like sort of yeah. silk shirt pajamas just sitting at his desk writing some some sort of correspondence with mm-hmm. his big glasses there so he's just a grumpy old man really yeah, as well yeah, yeah. there's kind of something kind of innocent about him yeah in a way yeah and I see what you mean because he does seem to be like a family man and yeah th- their whole family seems so natural so normal yeah and then behind the scenes not yeah, definitely. And that's how he is, I suppose, as well. There's also something kind of vampiric about him. Okay, in the way mean? he looks and the way he moves <gasps> yeah, and talks. that's true. He's com- very pale mm-hmm. and he's got these sort of sharp blue eyes. Mm-hmm. And he's very quiet. He's very slow moving. He doesn't move his face no. very much. <laughs> yeah, he's like a corpse. Like yeah. He's sort of all like a, yeah, like a vampire. He's sort of very slow, but very sort of... Um, kind of smooth in a way that he moves it's sort of a smooth fluid movement of everything he does and that ties a bit with the fact that he's quite manipulative as well yes highly manipulative yeah which is the big thing between him and Alejandro I think yeah absolutely one of the big things as well about his character so it's kind of he sells the fact that they're kidnapping people because they need the ransom money Mm -hmm. they need the money they're a very wealthy family yeah which makes it even more insane that he did this. Yeah. Because usually in these crime films, like we were talking about Scorsese earlier, it's a rags to riches story. They start off as the lowest of the low, and like uh, poverty breeds crime, that kind of narrative where people start off, they have no money, and they're forced into crime. Mm-hmm. Here, he's at, you know, in his 70s, he starts this mm-hmm. life of crime. But while he. and. He was in the very military military class. before. Yeah, that's, they hint at that quite a bit, that he yeah. did some dodgy things for the military. 
Yeah. So I guess it is a kind of thing of history repeating itself. Like that's yeah. the life he knows, maybe. Yeah. That I th- that's what I thought. Yeah. He just continues what he knows to do. So let's move on to uh, probably the second lead character. That's uh, Alejandro. Yes. What do you think of Alejandro? Um, I I really I I was really interested by him. Like he, like he was a really interesting character because I couldn't figure out what his motives were for mm. actually helping his dad. Yeah. Because. If one of the first people he kidnapped was his friend, and he yeah. helps his father do that, and um, and then how the story progresses, you see that he's like, oh, um, kind of thinking this is not good, this is bad, yeah. But he still stays on, which I thought it was interesting, and I couldn't figure out why. Yeah, I agree. I think um, you feel really feel sorry for him. I think, um, but also I. There's a little bit of him that kind of likes it at the beginning. Did you mm. get that feeling? It was slightly thrilling. I think the the one time that I thought he kind of was okay with it was uh, when he got the money and used it to open up his own shop. Yes. Yeah. So he's kind of full full on committed to this crime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and didn't feel too guilty. Yeah. Um, you have a fun fact about the actor, don't you? I do. So when I saw the poster, I recognised him, and I was mm. like, I couldn't figure out from where. And then I remembered, um, in Greece, uh, we have when we're like teenagers, the mm-hmm. Argentinian teen soap operas are really big. <laughs> yeah, that's a market we haven't cracked yet in the UK, but I'm sure it will come. Yeah, but he's really big. And um, Alex Juan, um, he was the lead actor in one of them called Cassian Hillis. Yeah. Which is <laughs> translated into almost angels. <laughs> almost angels. <laughs> and wow. they had a band. Fantastic. And it was beautiful. I think you should watch it. You're going to hate it. <laughs> okay. He does it like a soap opera actor. Yeah. He's very kind of, he's handsome, but probably classically handsome. Yeah. Um, but I was surprised because he's really good in this. He is good. Yeah. yeah. Very, very tortured as well towards mm-hmm. the end. It's an amazing performance and kind yeah. of the complete opposite performance to um, the one his father yeah. gives. Um, yeah. His mother's said he's. Guillermo Franchella's performance is very slow, very quiet, and then Juan is quite explosive at times mm-hmm. and quite loud and full yeah. on. Um, like youth. Yeah, exactly. It's like age office. versus youth. Yeah. yeah. So, what did you think of the opening? Because I was really surprised the film opened this way, straight into the action. I really like that. Yeah, I think <laughs> I really more like films that. should do that. Yeah. Because I that took me by surprise. I didn't yeah. expect. I thought it would just go slowly into the um, plot, but no, it just happened. And I was like, yeah. okay. I expected because I knew it was a crime drama about people ki- uh, kidnapping people and holding them for ransom. So I expected it maybe would start at the end, mm-hmm. as these films often do, and then go back because it's like some telling the story, or it would start just a few days or few weeks before yeah. the crime started to build up to let you know the characters so you can sympathise with them more mm-hmm. when they're committing the crimes mm. but this film doesn't give you any room to do that it just throws you in to the first kidnapping pretty yeah. much Yeah. Um, and, and wow and you get to know the characters after that and yeah. I, had, I was sympathising a bit with obviously Alex because mm. I was like I was rooting him for for him. I was like, please get away. Yeah. Like his little brother that's in at the airport was yeah. really touching. It was actually, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah but absolutely loved that. Um, th- that. I think that's something that's really made made it stand out from other crime films that you know you only know the characters through their crimes, yeah. essentially. 
Yeah. Uh, which is very brave, I thought. Um, it was, it was, I like the fact that obviously it's a real story, but it didn't glamorize it at all. Yes. The um, crime, the organized crime that they did, that didn't It glamorize. wasn't cool. They were never no. cool. Yeah, exactly. I think in um, a lot of some Scorsese films, things like Tarantino films, yeah. criminals are cool. And I'm not, I'm not going to criticize them for that because no. I like those films, but <coughs> it's nice for it to be shown in a different way. In a different way. These, these guys are cruel, sadistic, nasty. No one's really enjoying this apart from maybe Archimedes, but even yeah. he doesn't look like he's enjoying it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think they've they've done this the crime doesn't pay narrative without being preachy or without mm -hmm. being cliched. And um they uh, read an interview with the director, Pablo Chapero, who talked about how he remembered being a child watching this unfold on television. Mm -hmm. And it was a really major national scandal yeah um, I think partly because it was kind of hinted that the former government knew about it and kind of just let it happen because he used to work for them yeah um, also Alex was in the national rugby, rugby team, team yeah. so that was quite big even more of a fall from grace yeah. for him as well yeah. so I guess for the director he only knows this family through their crimes mm -hmm. so rather than try and guess or invent um, some more context for them just show what you know yeah exactly. and I think it was a very good decision um, the film kind of reminded me of Black Mass in parts. Okay. Um, but it's done much better than Black Mass. I think that you've got this kind of this true crime narrative. Um, and I, do you think that Archimedes looked a bit like Johnny Depp in Black Mass? It was the hair. The hair and yeah. the eyes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Black, uh, I thought this was much better than Black Mass. Uh, I didn't like Black Mass, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so in terms of true crime, I think uh, this has the the. Up, the uh, you want to know what hand. happens in this yeah. one. You want to follow the story, uh, whereas in Black Mass, I was there was nothing new about it. Definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something I found really interesting mm -hmm. was the rest of the family. Okay. Yeah. How they dealt with it, mm -hmm. because quite often they seem like they know about it, but they just don't want to know. You see, I was confused about that okay. for a long time. I was like, do they know? Do they so not was know? I. I was like, maybe they're on it, but they don't talk about it. And then towards the end, you kind of figure out some of them kind of knew, but not really. And some of them knew it was a bit kind of like a yes. mix. Or they figure out after the last victim. I think they definitely the mother knew the whole time. Yeah. Um, the daughters were quite young when it started, but eventually one of them says that she knew. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, again, this really narrows it down to a family film. Mm -hmm. um, and how the family deal with it was really intriguing to me. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a big family, three sons, three daughters, I think. Might have got those numbers a bit wrong, but a lot of kids. <laughs> um, and a lot of the crime takes place in the house, in the basement, mm -hmm. or just even upstairs in one of the bathrooms. Yes. But they all turn a blind eye to it. Mm -hmm. um, which again, I think, is this whole absurdity about the crime that it takes place in a normal home. Yeah, that, that, that creeped me out quite a lot. It is quite creepy, isn't it, actually? Yeah. It's kind of especially with the kids there. Yeah, there's something really horrible about that. Yeah. Really sadistic. And yeah, very creepy. Yeah. Like something from a horror film that the sort of normal house is actually holding this sort of torture and murder. Yeah. Yeah, very creepy. And also the fact that Archimedes looks like a vampire. Yeah. Doesn't help. <laughs> no. Um 
I've got a comparison between this film and Captain Fantastic, actually. How? <laughs> which you might not think. Okay. So uh, Captain Fantastic, which is last last week's film, Jake and Helen discussed it. Um, so there's this whole thing through both films of what you're doing and what you think you're doing for your family. Mm-hmm. Is that for their family or is it mainly just for you? I felt okay. those that question kind of pinpointed both films. Mm-hmm. So in Captain that, Fantastic, yeah. Viggo Mortensen's character, great idea, live in the woods, but ultimately I think it comes to realise is that's for him. He likes that. He needs to think about what's best for the children. Mm-hmm. And in here, similarly, Archimedes is, you know, we're doing this for the money. I need the money for my family. I'm having to protect my family. Yeah. Is he? No, he's not. And I think you can see that towards the end. Definitely. And yeah. That makes him. I think that was the point that I was like, "Yes, you are definitely evil." Yeah. Because <laughs> and a lot of um, like other like crime stories and gangsters and mobs, you see at least they care about their family. Mm. You know, they have a big thing about the family. Yeah. Whereas in here, he says it, but it's not actually. It's not very clear. No. Yeah. Uh, so we've also got yeah this whole thing that fathers, their own desires take completely take over their families' lives mm-hmm. and ultimately endanger them. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's taken to a further level here <laughs> than Captain Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, just they're just both films about family, I think. Yeah. And about oppressive fathers who ultimately need to rethink their decisions hmm. to protect their family. Um, but yeah, I thought it was quite an interesting oh, coincidence I, I, that I didn't think about both that. these films are in consecutive weeks. So the film, there's a lot of um, political... Uh, background in the film yes um, and I think the director really wants to let you know what was going on at the time in Argentina mm-hmm. this is another reason where I think this film is better than something like Black Mass yeah. this film it feels like it has its place in history mm-hmm. and is telling us not just a story about this family but a story about a place and a time mm-hmm. um, feels quite personal as well yeah definitely and so the film takes place during the, the change from a dictatorship in Argentina to a democracy mm-hmm. And I really felt that that was mirrored in what was happening with the family. Okay. So they've had this... Archimedes has essentially been their dictator mm-hmm. and he's been telling them what to do. You do this, this, this and this mm-hmm. because I say so because I'm the head of the family. But as the crimes go on and the years go on, Alejandro gets a bit more um, braver, I guess, and wants to say says no to his father. Mm-hmm. Um, the... the a lot of the family start to question the father as well. Yeah. So I think that's a really, really well handled, actually, the way yeah. that what happens at the narrative of the film mirrors the political background of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and, okay, I thought I was about to spoil it then, but I think now's a good time to go into the spoiler section. Let's do it. So uh, if you haven't seen the film, as always, go out and see it and then come back into the last 10 minutes or so. Uh, do you have any quick final thoughts about the film that you'd say to someone to get them to see it, Danny? Um... No. <laughs> okay. Uh, so very quickly, I'll just say that it's a great film about family and about fatherhood um, uh, compared and contrasted to what's happening in a country, yes. a country in turmoil, a country going through something, going through a change. Uh, really interesting film and amazing performance by uh, Guillermo Franchella. Yeah. Right. So spoiler time. The fact that they are essentially sold out by the former government, Mm. that I think is the turning point in the country 
as well as the turning point in the family, Mm -hmm. that the government have said, okay, we're no longer going to let this thing happen in our country because we're a democracy now. We need to take ourselves what happens, take more responsibility. The Commodore ultimately says, that's it, I'm not protecting you anymore. I think that was mainly because he wanted to protect himself, though. I think, yeah, that's true. Because he didn't want to be revealed that he was involved and letting that slide. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we've got the crimes and pay. They end up in prison, mm-hmm. Guillermo and um, Guillermo, Archimedes, and the other brother. Yes. Whose name's escaped me. Dan or Magile. Yeah, they call him both. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah they end up in prison. Um, it's a kind of a cliche ending that they end up in prison. Yes. But then again, you can't blame history no, for being cliche. Exactly. Um, but that's when you find out about... Um, it was the um, the judge. I like that scene when the judge mm. gave him the option of sh- saving his family yes. and taking the blame for it, and then everyone else can go, and he chose not to do yes. that. Yes, that's the pivotal scene. Yes, that's uh, that's the revelation of that character. Yeah, this is when yeah you find out this guy is genuinely evil. Yeah, <laughs> he's not just uh, he's not just uh, sort of. He's not a family man. No, he doesn't have a warped concept of no. family. He's just generally evil and only out yeah, and for he's, himself. He said to Alejandro, if I go down, we all go down. Yeah. And there's that amazing scene in when they're in the cells together, mm. when he asks him to, he said, oh, you need to get, put scars on my face so yeah. I can prove that I've been forced into doing this. Mm-hmm. And he just pushes Alejandro to limit where Alejandro nearly beats him to death. Yeah, he had enough by I that I think point. that's been building up throughout the entire film. Yeah, I think that's when he realises as well what kind of person his, his father, father is. His father is, yeah. So he's yeah. like, I've had enough. Yeah. Which leads to... <laughs> yeah. Well, the attempted suicide. Yeah. Which was horrible. I did not really see horrible. that coming. He just ran and fell and I was like oh my god and the ground cracked and yeah, yeah it was terrible and he, didn't, he didn't even die yeah <laughs> I yeah. thought he was gone <laughs> no yeah that's uh, incredible again that's all one take him running and jumping mm-hmm. you actually see him leap over the edge and yeah. hit the floor most films would leap cut yeah I thought that was really well done yeah very it's a very sort of technical skill of the director mm-hmm. uh, being shown there so any of the violence in the film like so Three people are murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, we only see two of them killed, though. The first one, when the boy... Died, we didn't see it. We didn't see it, no. it, yeah. It was... We found out from uh, Alex's from our, friends. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what do you think of that decision to not show some crimes but show others? I thought um, as a first crime, it was quite powerful to see Alex's reaction to yeah, it. Yeah, rather than the actual murder. Yeah. And then when you find out that that's what they do, mm. then they show you how it's done. Yeah, so introduce <laughs> it off screen mm-hmm. through another character's reaction. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, and again, something that's not really done often. Yeah. But I like that a lot. Uh, okay. I think that's uh, all we can talk about the clan mm-hmm. for now. Um Produced by uh, Pedro Almodovar. Yeah. Was there any Almodovar influence you could see from the film? I don't think no. so. I it expected more. <laughs> yeah. I did expect it to be, yeah. But I guess, yeah, he's not a director, so. Yeah, I think producing is kind of like it. There were times different. where I thought, okay, maybe there's something like the sort of the sex scene compared with the violence, I guess. Is that kind of Almodovar-ish? I wouldn't say so necessarily. Mm-hmm. No. But he was one of the producers. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, right, so that's all the time we have for this week. A big thank you to uh, CSR for letting us use their studio as always. And a uh, quick heads up on what's on Curzon Home Cinema. Recently added, we've got Things to Come, which we discussed a few weeks ago. Uh, new gay romance drama, Theo and Hugo. It's gotten very good reviews. Uh, and loads of films that we've talked about uh, over the past weeks, so do check that out. And uh, that's goodbye from Danny. Bye! And goodbye from me. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.